Warning, may contain disturbing content. Viewer discretion advised. Our slash confessions episode 1. Don't forget to like, subscribe and comment your own stories. I lost an elderly patient at the hospital, found him outside, lied about it, and blamed his family. Okay, so this is pretty bad. I almost lost my job, and I probably should, but nobody knows it happened the way it did. I work in a critical care unit as an LNA, and there was an elderly patient who got discharged directly home from the hospital. The nurse told me to bring him to the main entrance to discharge him, so I did. I asked him, do you see the car that's coming to pick you up? And he said, yay, I got it from here, it was really hot and sunny, and I had a lot of stuff to go take care of, so I left him on the bench outside and went back inside. Big no no, the policy is to wait for them to enter the car, and now I know why. I went back to the floor, and the nurse asked me, is it all taken care of? To which I said, yup, easy peasy. About two hours later, the receptionist got a call telling her that his family is still waiting at the second entrance, asking when he'll be discharged. She asked me, did he get in the car? And I, not wanting to get in trouble, lied and said, yup, he got in the car, and then I came back here. To which she said, then why does his family think he hasn't been picked up yet? Whose car did he get into? Oh shit. So I panicked, and said, oh, let me go to the second entrance and sort this all out. I immediately ran to the first entrance, he was nowhere in sight. I run outside a little further, and I see him at a bench way far down the side of the building. I get a chair, and I pick him up and bring him back inside. He was literally just sitting out there for two hours. I brought him to his family at the second entrance, and I said, you came to the wrong entrance, we've been sitting out there for like, two hours oh well, it's sorted now, no harm, no foul. Then I go back to the floor, the receptionist is looking at me with a very concerned face, and I told her it's all a misunderstanding, he accidentally arranged for two people to come to pick him up, his daughter was literally on the phone with his wife sorting it all out when I got there, and then she went on her way. The receptionist's face returns to normal, and she says, oh okay. Thank God I was really worried. So far, nothing has happened to shatter this delicate lie I've crafted. All I can do now is hope nobody looks into the matter any more than that. I used to be an idiot in high school and call people awful things. When I was in high school, I went to a school that was majority white. A lot of the hatred they had towards other races, sexuality, etc., eventually rubbed off on me. I got my license, and being 16 and a complete utter pause that I have thought it was funny to go around and yell the hard R at people and would call the LGBT kids at school hurtful things. One day while driving, I called a black man that worked at the McDonald's down the road the hard R. He started crying as I drove off. I turned around at that moment and apologized profusely to this man, and that day I made a promise to not only myself but to him also that I would never call another human anything like that ever again. I also reached out to the LGBT kids I went to school with and apologized to them, and asked for their forgiveness. I'm still deeply ashamed of it to this day, and have never talked to another person like that ever again. I've only ever told one other person this story. I tormented my brother because he reminds me of my bullies. I am from a family whose parents are hot-headed yet genuinely loving. They do love me and care for me. However, I am from a developing country where there is still corporal punishment. 
Every time I was at my worst behavior and did really brain dead shit, I get spanked, pinched, and scolded at. One time, my mother mildly punched me in my right shoulder for forgetting to tell the real date of my graduation photo online. In a nutshell, I was raised by really flawed but really loving parents. When my brother came into this world, I was excited to have someone that I could be his best friend. Unfortunately, when he was diagnosed with autism and is very hyperactive, impulsive, destructive, and could not convey his thoughts properly, I was not prepared, and I inherited my horrible temper and aggression. What's worse, when I was in 8th, 9th, and 10th grade, all of the people I thought were my friends started physically and verbally bullying me horribly almost every day, and I kept on getting myself manipulated. I was sexually harassed every day, and I was about to be stabbed by one of them. Fuck, one of them tried to burn me, and they prevented me from escaping. I told my parents about me being bullied, but it 50% helpful, 50% unhelpful. I was hiding my pain, wanting to vent my rage on someone, and that someone was my brother. I was horribly physically and verbally abusive towards him to the point I nearly killed him by smothering him with a pillow. I realized what the fuck I had just become. I keep on apologizing to him but keep fucking up though it was not as horrible as the past years. I wanted to keep this secret along with me in the grave. I really loved my brother, but my actions are showing otherwise. I desired to move out once I enter college because it was far away from my home. Unfortunately, because of this fucking pandemic, I am stuck with my brother. I don't want to hurt him anymore and be actual brothers. As an 18 year old, I really wanted to end my own life so I could set my brother free from the torment I gave him for the past 5 years. I tried making attempts to redeem myself and fucked up because I want to get revenge on my bullies, but my brother became a punching bag because of me. I regret being born in this fucking world. There is a reason why I find Cobra Kai's Hakimo the most relatable fictional character. It's because I was like him. I used to be this weak, gullible, and childish boy. Then I decided to let my rage and aggression conquer my own mind to the point I hurt those who are close to me, which is my brother. I was like Hawk, I suffered a lot, but I chose to be a rage-driven monster. I wanted to keep this secret along with me in my own grave. I faked being physically abused by my mom when I was a kid. I faked being physically abused by my mom as a kid. My mom never hit my brothers or me when we were younger, save for one or two times out of pure frustration. But she had a short temper, and most days, she would end up yelling at us for relatively minor things. This happened most around homework time when she would help us, but would end up yelling at us for not understanding the material, I have ADHD, so it was difficult for me to concentrate on homework for a long time. She would yell and berate me in particular until I was reduced to a sobbing mess and begging her to forgive me. I think she did this to me more so than my brothers because I was a girl, and I also would argue back sometimes. This gave me a crippling fear of failure, which would result in breakdowns during class. I was regarded as a troubled child because of this, despite that, I generally got good grades and was an overall good student. My father was fucking useless during her tirades. He's a chill dude, but no matter how intense her yelling got or how unjustified it was, he would always side with her and tell us to consider your mother's feelings. The last straw for me was when she grabbed a chunk of my hair and threw a toy at me because I didn't understand the math homework. I decided at the age of 8 that I did not want to live with her any longer and decided to achieve this by any means necessary. 
I read accounts of past child abuse victims and watch those corny saws on reporting child abuse on YouTube and decided to emulate that. I started off by pinching myself until I got dark marks that could be covered but could also be visible, i.e., back of my neck, arm, wrist. I slowly ramped it up to punching myself until I had bruises, giving myself tiny burn marks by heating up a fork and pressing the tips against my arm. When I watched an episode from a crime drama about child abuse and symptoms of it at home, I copied that. I ripped the head off my Barbies and stopped raising my hand during class. I even peed the bed on purpose sometimes because the detective in that episode said it was a classic sign of child abuse. Teachers started to notice the marks and how I was less engaged in class. When they sent me to the social worker, I put up the act of saying my injuries were the result of accidents. They were skeptical at first because I had a reputation of being a drama queen, as if that's a valid excuse to ignore potential child abuse, but when the injuries and behavior increased over time, they finally contacted CPS. When the agent came over to our upper middle class house and saw our happy family, she was also skeptical that my mother abused me, especially when hearing from my father and brothers. I kept up the act of all these injuries are my fault until the very last second and burst into tears when we were alone. I remember showing her a notebook I hid under the bed that was filled with nothing but lines saying, I hate you, mommy. After half a year of pretending to be abused, I was removed from my parents' house. I remember a few nights before I was removed, my mom came to my room and begged to know why I was faking it all. I just kept quiet until she left. From there, I was tossed around the foster care system as well as relatives for over a year until my mom completed the necessary court-ordered parenting classes to regain custody of me. Needless to say, she yelled at me way less when she got me back. Part of me is racked with guilt that I basically destroyed my mother's life because she made parenting mistakes I'm sure many other parents have. I gaslighted her into thinking she would beat me black and blue. Because of my lies, I divided my family into two sides where they either believed my mom or me. Her social circle was depleted when word got out that she lost custody of me. Worst of all is that my dad divorced her a few years after the whole thing because, combined with what he already heard slash saw at home, he became convinced that she was abusing me behind his back, funnily enough, they got joint custody. She was a good mom at times, genuinely loves my brothers and me, and even has somewhat of a positive relationship now that I'm an adult. I justify it to myself with two main reasons. 1. The amount of effort and dedication I put into the abuse facade was a feat I never feel like I could do again, even with people who screwed me over slash betrayed me in very painful ways. 2. She was the adult, and I was the child. I could not control my emotions as well as her. She should have never lashed out at her mentally ill kid, no matter how frustrated she was. For that, I will never forgive her and will only confess what I did and why I did it on her deathbed. I stole from the church fundraiser twice and would have stolen more. When I was 12, our church had a fundraiser where we're tasked to sell chocolates. Reese's peanut butter cups, to be exact. I, a fat kid already, was handed a box of chocolates at a Friday night youth group and told to go sell them. I looked at them, looked at the box of chocolates, looked back at them, thinking, really? This seems like a bad idea. I set off with the intent to sell the chocolates, I really did. Instead, I got home and thought, I'll eat just one. That escalated quickly. By mid-Saturday morning, I'm creating new Reese's PB Cup creations, freezing some and even a bowl of PB Cup cereal. 
I cleaned out the whole fundraising box of 40 packs of chocolates by the church on Sunday. I made up a story about getting jumped and the candy stolen from me on the way home. They gave me another box. When I returned again with no money and no chocolates, I think they figured out my scam and stopped giving me candy. I once hit a kid with a book, lied about it, and got away with it. This was some time in middle school. I was sitting on the swing as I would usually do when another kid walked up to me. He was a really mean kid who made fun of everyone. He never bothered me until then. He started saying mean things, and I ended up losing my temper quicker than I thought I would. I actually didn't expect to lose my temper at all. I stood up and pulled the book back, like you would a bat, and moved it forward full force. I was pretty weak back then and didn't expect to actually hurt him, just get him to leave me alone for a while. So when I let my arms fall to my sides, I was surprised with what I'd done even though it wasn't much. He had a bruise on his face now. He ran off towards the teacher without saying anything. I couldn't hear what was being said, but he kept pointing at me. She didn't see because she had her back turned to us and was lower down on the hill the playground was placed on. In the office, I was asked what happened. I lied and said I didn't do anything. I started crying. It wasn't fake, though. It was real. I was scared of what would happen if I got caught. In the end, I was given no punishment, so I'd guess they believed my lies. The kid didn't come back to school for a week. I'm not sure why, though. I regret doing what I did to this very day. I wished I had dropped the book. I wish I didn't lose my temper so quickly. I started a wildfire outside of my town just to see if I could get away with it. A while back, I started a decent-sized wildfire outside my town just to see if we could get away with it. A friend and I were hanging out and doing some target shooting out in the middle of nowhere, I told him I had a DB, Dragon's Breath, round. All I told him is that I wanted to try it out, in reality, I already knew what was going to happen. It gets really hot where we live, and there's a lot of dead and dried brush for miles, it was also a really, really windy day. So I loaded the BD round and shot it. As intended, a lot of brush caught fire. It burned for over two and a half hours and took four different fire departments and a helicopter to put out. The fire trapped a group of campers and hikers too. I know that it was wrong, but I still laugh at it to this day. We were never caught, no one ever caught on, and I've only told a few close friends who live far away from town. I stole a pipe from my dead friend's grave. Don't come for me please. When I was 16, my friend passed away. We dated when I was 14 and often hooked up every now and then after we broke up. I was really hurt when he passed away, believe me. I went to the funeral and for some reason, his death really traumatized me. I would visit him frequently and take him flowers often. Eventually, I started dating this guy, and it was an abusive relationship. One day for some reason, I took him to the cemetery to visit my friend. My boyfriend knew this guy when he was alive and knew the circumstances of my relationship with him. We found a pipe at his grave that someone else had left for him and my boyfriend encouraged me to steal it. And I did. We had it for a while until, eventually, the guilt ate me alive, and I returned it to the grave without my boyfriend's knowledge. When he asked about it, I said my mom went into our room, he lived with me at 17, and threw it away. I've never told anyone this. I just need to get it off my chest. 
I barfed on a hot grill and then just kept on cooking and serving food from it. I was working at a summer camp, and we had been drinking beer and shitty wine the night before, and I forgot that my job the next morning was to cook eggs on one of those big heated metal grills, like a griddle, I think they call it. After about 15 minutes of standing there over bubbling eggs and peppers and onions frying up, I began to feel nauseous, and before I could stop myself, I fucking barfed up beer and wine and chewed up granola bars all over that hot grill, and it splashed down with a big steamy hiss. It was fucking disgusting, all this sizzling barf, but no one saw me do it, so I let the barf cook a bit more to solidify and then I just shoveled it off the grill into the trash. Then I put some more eggs down right where I had barfed and cooked them up and served them to all the kids who were waiting for breakfast. It was crass and gross, but I didn't want to get fired, and everyone was hungry. Never told anyone about it and want to apologize to all those kids who ate off that grill. As a kid, I flattened the tires of several cars in a parking lot. I saw a post here earlier about a tire-related confession, and it reminded me of my own tire shenanigans as a kid. My parents sponsored a race car, and each Saturday during the summer, we'd always go to the racetrack to watch the car and support their team. It was one of the only times I was ever allowed to run around out of my parents' supervision. Well, one Saturday, me and a couple of boys I went to school with took a valve stem tool out to the parking lot, and we flatted a bunch of tires of spectators' cars by loosening the stem seal so it would cause a slow leak. On some, we pulled the valve stem seal completely so they wouldn't hold air when pumped back up. One at least one pickup, I crawled under the bed and flattened the spare tire, too. We thought we were so clever because we didn't damage the tire and just caused an inconvenience. We were stupid little shits as kids. I faked my documents to get a bank loan a few years ago. I am an accountant by profession. Therefore, I know most of the process involved here. Apologies, as English is not my first language. A few years ago, I needed some money because of some family needs. However, I cannot take a bank loan since I already have a loan in another bank, and my salary will not suffice to cover another loan. This bank, let's call it Bank A, has a promo in which it can buy out my loan from Bank B, and would still allow me to have a few amounts after the amount. Very much lower than what I need, but beggars can't be choosers. So I proceeded to request my statement of account from Bank B as an attachment to my loan application for Bank A they gave me my SOA, but when I checked it at home, my balance is zero, whereas I still have a few thousand left supposedly. For that night, I debated if I will have it changed or submit it as the attachment. For the latter, I would get the full amount of my loan. The following day, I submitted my documents, with my SOA having zero balance. I thought I could just play dumb if they confirm it with Bank B. Next, I waited for background checks. I happened to have a close relationship with our HR verifier, who verifies the amount of our take-home pay for these loans. I showed her the SOA from Bank B, so she thought I really paid my loan from Bank B, so she certified that my take-home pay is enough to cover my loan. After the background check, Bank A asked me to get a certification from Bank B that I am really cleared from my loan. I remembered that I have a letter from Bank B, so I scanned it to get the letterhead and signature of the bank branch manager and made the certification myself. I submitted it to Bank A in digital format so as not to make it obvious that I just photoshopped it. The following day, they asked me to get my loan, but I have to bring a copy of the certification. When I showed it to them, they doubted it, but I told them that I also received it through email. Good thing, 
they seemed convinced and released my loan. It has been more than five years now, and I am still surprised that I was able to pull that off, when in normal times, it would not be possible.